Good morning, everybody. I'll give you a hand up, of course. Come on ahead. Up like an athlete. There we go. Now, I also just want to welcome you all here um, at our All Aids Family Service. And today is also Guiding Sunday. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to, to hear from some of our guides today. And also this year, Guides is 75 years old. So what a great opportunity to hear from maybe some of our guides who were involved a few years back and also some of our guides who are still involved today. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Margaret Ball. I'm sure lots of you know who Margaret Ball is. I am going to have a little conversation. So Margaret, this is going to be yours this morning. That's going to be your best friend. <laughs> Margaret, whenever I first heard about you and who you were, I was actually told that do you know, you know Margaret? You know Margaret? She makes amazing cakes. That's who Margaret is. And that's your, your reputation uh, goes before you. Margaret, you were in Guides some while, some while ago, is that right? I joined a guide when I was first, okay. when I was seven. And I went right through until I was 65. <laughs> I never left the guiding movement from that, from seven year old. And can you remember your very first night at Guides? Can you remember what you what it was like or what you're feeling whenever you first went along? Oh, it was wonderful. wonderful. I, I couldn't wait to get there. Amazing. I'm sure the girls felt the same, you know, whenever they come along as well. Yeah. I guess what what was a typical night in Guides like all those years ago? Right. First of all we met and we stood in a horseshoe. And we had our evening devotions. Then we broke up and went into our patrols. It's not patrol, yes, patrols. And then we were inspected. And then after that, we were done about 15 to 20 minutes maze marching. Very, our captain was very, very keen on maze marching. So we did maid marching, then we did, broke up and did our badges, and then we had fun. <laughs> and we really had fun, and I often got into trouble. <laughs> I didn't do what I was told the other day. We were chatting earlier in the week, and you mentioned uh, a little bit about the camps that you went on and how they were really important for you as a guide as well. Tell us a little bit about some of your, your memories at camp. Well, I would love to tell you a few memories of camp. Our first camp was in Castle Ward. The next two were in Grey Abbey. And then we went to Isle of Man. And when we went to Isle of Man, we had a church sister called Miss Ritchie. And she went with us, and she was our first leader. Those days were we call them deaconesses. Then now they were church sisters. And then we went to a few more. And the last one I went to uh, was when we went to Ross Trevor. And I would really love to tell you about the Ross Trevor one. We went to Ross Trevor, and then. Um, we were allowed out for a walk at night and that this night we went for a walk and we sat on the wall overlooking Carlingford Law and the hills of Carlingford 
And I still remember that night, the, the sunset. It was absolutely beautiful. And as we sat, there was some girls that became, gave their lives to the Lord that night. And then Captain loved how great thy art. And we all sat on the wall looking at the beautiful sunset and sighing how great thy art. And that remains with me still today. So it does. And then Miss Wood, who was another church sister, was with us and she prayed for the excuse me, the girls as well as us all. And I'm going to tell you, Gail to me was wonderful because you could be good and you could be bad, but you, you, you were all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. But don't ever forget the memories that you have in Gaiden. Gaiden is just wonderful. And even there's girls and ladies around here who were, I have to talk about Rangers as well, and they, we said when you come from guys to Rangers, we then teach you to be young ladies. And I must say, all around this church as I look, I see lots of young ladies who went through the guides and the, the Rangers. Just a wonderful organisation. Amazing, amazing. Um, how would you say, I guess as well, how, how did it influence you as a young woman? Obviously it has done because of some of your mm -hmm. fondest memories. How would you say it influenced you um, to be the person that you, you grew up to be the person you are today? Well, <coughs> I would say through getting, uh, we were taught uh, the pro proper way to do things. We also with having devotions and that we were introduced to the Lord and um, we found there was maybe about six or eight of us girls and we all became Christians and I was 15 when I became a Christian and you were taught the proper way to live. Now, I'm not going to say you didn't, as you grew older, change your things a bit, but the fundamental part of when you give your life to the Lord, it stays with you, and that's it. And another thing is, where I am concerned, um, we were taught that a guide smiles and sings under all difficulties. I don't know whether the guys hear that now, but I must be quite honest with you. With a lot of things that's happened in my life, if I hadn't been a guide who was taught to smile and sing under all difficulties, I don't think know what I would have done. Because between that, the guide, and the taking Jesus as my saviour, I have got to where I am today. Amazing. 
one, one maybe, or just a penultimate question, I guess, would be, you said you were involved for such a long time, and, and over that time, I guess you were able to see a few changes, were you, or was there anything that remained the same, or was there anything that kind of changed over time well, a little bit? There's lots of things that have changed now. Uh, I, I think the way we were, and the way it was with us, was brilliant, but the young girls now, they probably think, the way they're doing it. Sure. So, you know, they like it. But they have a, a captain who runs again the way we were taught. And she makes sure the girls get to taught the proper way. And she also makes sure that they have the time of relaxation where they can go and the, down to Lorne and have weekends and things like that. So uh, basically, uh, there's still the core of guiding the right way. Super, super. Okay, and then finally, if there was a, a young girl here today who was hearing about guides for the first time, what would you say to them if they were thinking of getting involved? Oh, join. Join. <laughs> right away. Join and enjoy it. But what I'm also going to say, when you come to the age when you have to come out of guides, go into Rangers. I was an officer with Nora Scott for over 40 years in Rangers. And that is when Rangers prepare you for going to university. And we, well, I did, taught you to cook. And we used to cook some nights and then you ate it. And that whenever you whenever you, you go to university, you're not going without being able to look after yourselves. So you go into the Rangers after the game. There you go, girls. Those are the important words for today. Margaret, I speak on behalf of everybody in the Senate, it was so nice to hear from you today. So thank you so much. Um, Let's pray. Lord, your words are trustworthy and true. You have answered our prayers in the past. Your promises never fail, and you will always be faithful. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you love us with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. We pray today for those who are lonely, people who are left out, and people who feel they don't fit in. We hope in the promise that we are your people and that you will always be with us. We pray for those who are crying, people who are sad and have lost hope, people who are depressed and anxious. We know that you're the God of hope and that we can cast all of our burdens on you. We hope in the promise that you will wipe every tear from our eyes. We pray for people who are unsure about the future and have to make big decisions. 
We pray especially for the children in P7 and their parents as they make their school choices. We know that you promise to guide us and be with us wherever we go. If we trust in you, we will never be shaken. We pray for those who are mourning and have lost someone they love. We hope in the promises that you will comfort those who mourn and that one day death and mourning will be no more. We pray for those who are in pain, suffering from illness, either physical or mental. We know that you are a healing God and a God that gives perseverance and strength. We pray for all those who care for people who are sick. We pray for those who seek you and those who do not know you as their Lord. We pray that individually and as a church, we will reach out and share the good news. We pray in particular for the work and impact of our youth and children's organisations, for the guides, the BB, Kidzone, Cresh, Caris, Mums and Tots, Dads and Tots, Walkway, Merge and Submerge. We hope in the promise that you will save anyone who calls on your name. In the silence now, we mention in our hearts those we know who are lonely, those who are worried, those who are unsure, those who are mourning, those who are sick, and those who yet do not know you. Lord, your words are trustworthy and true. You have answered our prayers in the past. Your promises never fail, and you will always be faithful. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you love us with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. We pray all these things in the powerful and hopeful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so it was great to hear from Margaret, and I guess now it would be great to hear from uh, one of our girls who are in the guides today. So, Tazy, would you like to come up? Come on ahead. Now, this is your best friend, right? So, Tazy. This is, this is Tazy Court. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what age you are, kind of what school you go to, um, any hobbies or anything like that. I'm 13 and I go to Grosvenor Grammar School, which is very good. Uh, <laughs> I just like to read a lot. It's very fun. Brilliant. Okay, super. So you, you maybe know um, one or two here in the, in the church already because we've quite a few from Grosvenor in our youth. And... Um, so you're involved in guides today, which is brilliant. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved. So the guides had a open night where they had like bring a friend night, and my friend Lois, who goes to guides, was invited me because we knew each other since primary school, and so I was like, right, okay, I'll go and see how it is. And I went, and it was like a TV show game night type of thing, and there was teams, and it was just amazing. Like I wasn't with her, but I still felt like really welcome and really like thought of so it was really nice brilliant and you heard from margaret about what guides was like almost 50 years ago what is guides like today give us an idea of the, the typical night just your average night at guides so we come in 
and we split off into our patrols and we can do like an activity or we'll do a team activity. So like last week we did tie-dyeing, right. which is really Lovely. fun. And then we'll do God Spot, where we talk about God and listen to stories. And then we'll usually play Captain Ball, which is a really fun guide sport that I'm great at, obviously. And then <laughs> we go in and we do um, just more fun activities like games. And then we do taps at the end and you just sing or rap and just say goodnight. Okay, okay. Tell me a little bit more about this Captain's Ball because... I, I have been along the guys a few times and they always try and get me involved to play a bit of captain's ball, um, which I thought at first was a bit like maybe basketball slash netball. Um, turns out it's not at all. And the girls are exceptional at it and I could not get it at all. So give us an idea how this is played. So there's like seven circles, I think it is. And there's a person in each circle and there's defense and attack. And then the only people that can shoot are the shooters here in a circle. You can't leave your circle. Okay. And then there's catchers, and they have to catch the balls from the shooters. Okay. And it's very difficult, but it's very fun. You make it sound very easy and very <laughs> simple, but uh, believe me, it's not. And you guys are actually quite good. You just go to competitions and have yeah. done very well. We have one next week on Tuesday, and we're playing here, and hopefully we'll win. Last, week, last year we got to the finals. Yeah. Brilliant. So go team Bloomfield. We're cheering <laughs> you on. Um, so tell me, could you say how guides has been important to you personally? So you've been involved, I think you were telling me you've been involved for about three years, which is so much shorter than what we heard from, for, heard from Margaret, but even in that three years, you've recognised how, how good it is. How has it been important to you as a, as a teenager? It's been really helpful because I'm now a patrol leader, so I have my own week six, and it's been like a really good thing. So it's given me like a second home, a family, and we just get to talk about anything and everything and it just gives you a sense of welcoming. Like after a day of school, you come in and you just do the most random things, but it's so much fun. Brilliant. And have you ever been involved in camps before? Captain Ball? Camps, sorry. Oh, camps, oh, of course. Yeah. I've been twice at Lorem. One year we did camping outside and it was filthy. <laughs> and we did loads of activities and we all got dirty. And there is, we had a walk through a river at one point, which was hilarious. And like loads of us fell over, it was so <laughs> funny. And then last year we did a pamper weekend at Lauren. And wow. I can remember painting face, uh, fingernails and her saying that they're not good enough and making me redo them <laughs> twice. Really? Which was really fun. She's a bit of a diva, is she? I know. And then rolling guides at like this beach at the middle of night, like nightish. And like, well, sun was setting and it was just beautiful and it was a nice wow. way to welcome new guys. Amazing. So it, it does sound that there's actually quite a lot of similarities between 50 years ago and today, which is so good to hear. Um, I guess I've got to ask you the, the same question that I asked Margaret just to finish. Again, if there was a girl here today who was thinking about getting involved, who maybe is hearing it for the first time, what advice would you give her? Just do it. It's it's amazing thing to do. Like I was scared going into it because I didn't know what the people were like or anything like that but as soon as I walked in there was just like a great atmosphere and the girls are so welcome. Brilliant, brilliant and our mic has maybe yeah. run out of battery in perfect timing as well or something like that but listen thank you so much Tazy. Um let's give Tazy a round of applause everybody. <laughs> Thank you.
This morning's reading are from Psalms chapter 102, verse 24 to 27, on page 605, verse followed by 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, page 112, page 1218. So I said, Do not take me away, O my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are your work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like clothing you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. All, for all men are like grass, and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Thank you very much, Michael. Now, boys and girls, would you do me a massive favour? Would you just scoot back ever so slightly? Because I am going to bring my laptop in here so that I can show you a few pictures on the big screen. It always seems to happen that our all-age services fall on the day after a big Ireland rugby match when I am beginning to lose my voice. Did anyone see that kick yesterday? How good was that? No, let's get set. So we're having a wee think around change and I thought this would be a really good opportunity to embarrass some of our adults, eh? It's always a good opportunity. I'm only joking, you're not really, but we're having a think around change today, okay? And here is what I thought we could have a look at. Some baby photos. Now, this is a game. This is a game for everybody here. Now, there's a good chance that it might be the adults that, that might be slightly ahead of the game that might be able to give an answer, but I want you guys to look at the photos and just see what you think, okay? So I'm going to show you a photo and it's somebody from our church family. And this is an opportunity for you to put your hand up and have a guess who you think it may be. Okay? So it, it requires a bit of participation from, from the congregation. But let's see how we go. Now, I'm going to give you some clues along the way. This young fella, um, we're, we're, it's, it's, the, it's the baby, or the, the child, by the way, not the older boy. Um, he's fairly new to the church family. He wasn't born here in Northern Ireland. Yeah, Sam. Sam, let's see. Yeah, there we go. So there is baby Sam. Okay, let's see. Up next we have... Oh, who is that? Who's that? Now, what do we reckon? Now, I'm going to give you a clue with this one. There he seems to be in... It's a pram, but if I know him well, it's probably an Audi pram. Um, he now works driving cars... Um, he has been all around the world. Most recently, was probably in Rwanda. Does anyone have an idea who this might be? So, Mr. Simpson will go for Graham Simpson. There he is, looking well. Is Graham here? There, give us a wave, Graham. There we go. Now, this one, okay. You, I realise you can't see this very well, but. They were kind enough to send me a photo in, and I figured you actually probably don't even need to see the photo once I give you a clue. You didn't recognize this baby from its cry. You recognized this baby from its hearty laugh. 
and it's somebody in our family, in our church family, who has the most. Steve McDonald. There we go. That's us. <coughs> now, who's this? This is somebody in our church family who works in a very important building on a hill. Karen Jardine. There we go. And maybe one or two more. Oh, I think we have two more. I know. I don't want to give you too many clues to this one because I think the photo is so like the person today, it's, it's uncanny. But they are very good friends with Graham Simpson. Jill Simpson, indeed, yeah. I think you can just tell straight away. Okay, and this little baby here is a regular in Bloomfield. Um, is a very good expositor of the word, um, has been all around Ireland and the world quite recently, and decided to take a year off Bloomfield not that long ago. <laughs> Anyone know who it might be? Let's have a check. Frank Seller, indeed. <laughs> so there are the photos of our little babies um, from our church family, and we'll see how they've changed. If you know these people, or if you've seen them as adults here today in church, you'll see that they look nothing like they do in the photo. And change happens so much today, doesn't it? Change is all around us. And we've played our first week game. This one's not really a game, but it it just helps lead us into this idea of change. I want to show you a picture of something. And the first picture is going to be for the adults, and the second picture is going to be maybe for you guys. So in the first picture, I want you to put your hand up if you ever had one of these or used one of these. Okay? Does anyone ever remember using one of these? Now, boys and girls, that's not a calculator. It's not a computer. That's actually a telephone, yeah. And it was a good workout when you carried it around. That's why they were strong and healthy. Okay, now, that was a phone. When do we reckon that was released? What sort of era would that have been? 1980s, 80s? 83, there we go, very good. But look at our phones that we have today. Here we are, 2017. We have phones that are super thin, they fit in your pocket, you can go on the internet, you can phone people all around the world, and you can even do something called FaceTime or Skype, which means that someone on the other side of the world can see your photo and see your face. It's amazing how it's changed. What about the next one here? What, what on earth is that? That's not an Xbox, believe me. Now, it's close, but put your hands up if you ever had or played one of these. Okay, so we have a few. An old school gaming console, okay? What, what era do we reckon this was released? 70s, do you think? Around 1977. So yeah, we're, we're doing well here. But look what we have today. We've got things like Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo Switch. Things like that, which is it's bright color, it's vibrant, it's... There's all these amazing games where the, the characters almost look like real people as well. No longer is it just a game of, of tennis where it goes beep, beep, beep. It's exciting, it's exhilarating, and it's, it's bright, it's amazing. That's what we have today. Okay, what about this? What about this? Hands up if you ever use... Now, this is really showing your age. Really showing your age. Did you ever use one of these? I don't believe you used one of these, did you? You have one? What era do we reckon this is going back to? Okay, let's check. 1877, first invented. So I hope that no one here was around to see that first invented. But look what we have today. 
We have things called Amazon Echo or um, that uses things called Alexa. And basically, it's a little tiny box or a cylinder that sits in the, in the corner of our room. And we're able to say, Alexa, play this song. Or Alexa, order me this online. Or Alexa, do this or turn the lights on. It's incredible how things have changed over time. But it hasn't just been gadgets. There's been lots of other things. You know, if we were to go back and say, look at some of the, the most popular hairstyles. Hands up if you ever had a hairstyle like this here. So this is way back maybe in, probably I reckon the 60s, I think. This is back in the 1960s, and that was the most uh, stylish haircut to have. But if we fast forward to today, this most stylish haircut has really changed. There we go. <laughs> what? I don't know if you're laughing at. This is true. This is true. It's the most stylish haircut to have. There's so much change and it's happening constantly. Now, boys and girls, today's an all-age service, so we're, we're thinking about um, you as kids, but teenagers as well, and young adults, and the whole way up our church family. And I thought there's a big question for teens and young adults today. It's a big question that actually isn't just for them, though. It keeps going all the way up um, until you're an adult as well. And it's this here. What will give me happiness? What in my life will give me happiness? Or maybe it's this. What should I build my life on? You know, what is it that I actually want to base all that I am? What do I want to build my life on? What will the foundation of my life be? You know, there is a story in the Bible, in in the book of Luke in chapter 15, called The Prodigal Son. And some of you, I'm sure a lot of you will have heard of this story before. I'm not going to read the whole story to you at all. But there's a part of the story I want to think about. Now, this son asks his father, he says, Father, I want to go and I want to live in the city. I want to live in the bright lights of the city where I've heard it's amazing. I've heard there's amazing parties and there's amazing people and it's so exciting. But to do that, I need my share of the inheritance. Will you give it to me? And the father, he was a bit, bit hurt, a bit upset by this, but he loved his son and he said, if that's what you want, no problem, you can go ahead. So he gave the money to his son and his son rushed off to the city to the bright lights expecting to find the best life possible. And for a while he did. He had amazing friends. He had money. He had this amazing reputation as this guy that was just the cool person to be around. And then guess what? After a while, the money that his dad had given him began to run out. It disappeared. And his friends began, began to disappear as well. And the things that he owned, the possessions that he had, he had to maybe give them back. And his reputation was ruined. Now, when we think today about what is it that, we would, that would give us happiness, or what is it that we could build our life on, sometimes we can get it wrong. And there's a few things that us, as, as, even as children, or as teenagers, or as young adults, or adults into whatever age, we can build our life on a few certain things. Let's take this, for example money sometimes we can get it wrong and say if only i had this amount of money then i will be happy if i have this amount of money i can buy whatever i want i can go wherever i want i can be whoever i want and i will be happy so all i have to do is work hard and get as much money and then we're thumbs up we're all good but the problem is money can come and go We might have a lot of money in one moment, but then 
something can happen. Our circumstance can change. And in the next minute, the money disappears. Just like the, the prodigal son. He once had the money and then it disappeared. So we can't really say that that is the best thing to build our life on because it's not certain. We can't say it's always going to be there for us. So we've got to rule that one out. What about relationships? Some of us say, if that's what I'm going to build my life on. That is what is going to give me happiness. It's all about the people that I base myself around. If I've got good friends, good family, then that is me happy. And you know what? They are really, really good things to have. And the Bible encourages us to have really good friends. And it encourages us to, um, to look after and to really love our family. But again, relationships can come and go. Circumstances can change. Sometimes somebody that we are so close with, maybe they have to move away. Or a relationship just isn't the same as it, as it once was. So realistically, we have to rule that one out as well. We can't say that we can base our happiness and build our life on relationships. Okay, right. Possessions. Surely that's a good one. If we base our happiness on getting stuff, because getting stuff makes us happy, doesn't it? Or, or does it? You know, I got a new, a new iPhone about two years ago, and I loved it. I was really, really happy. And then two weeks later, they brought out another new iPhone. And all of a sudden, the iPhone that I had, I was looking at it and I thought, it's just not as good as the new one really, is it? I was happy for a moment, but then they brought out something new. And I was no longer happy. So, to be honest, we've got to rule that one out as well. Isn't that right? We can't base our happiness and build a life on our possessions because things change. Okay, lastly, what about this? Our reputation. I could base my life, what about us as adults? We could base our lives on being known as the good guy or the hard worker or the good businessman or the good sportsman or, or whatever it may be. We can base our life on that. But we all know with circumstance, things can change. Something can happen that our reputation might not be what it once was. Or maybe somebody says something about us that begins to actually affect that reputation. So we can't really rely on that either, can we? No. Is there anything that we can actually rely on that will not change? Well, look, the Bible says this. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, and this is good news for us today, especially off the back of what we have just heard. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He will never change. How amazing is that? Jesus will never change. And I tell you, there was one time I was away on holiday and this verse was just ringing in my ears constantly. And I'll tell you why. This is where I was. Does anyone recognize this place? It's far off in the middle of a desert. It's Dubai, okay? This is Dubai. I, was, I wasn't there on holiday. I was coming home from somewhere and had to stop off in Dubai. And I spent a few days there. And while I was in Dubai, I found something very strange. I was going to bed and waking up the next morning. And buildings were, had just popped up. Well, not literally, but people were just constantly working and building more and more buildings. The place was changing every single second. And the interesting thing about Dubai is 
it, the amazing city that it is, it's built in the desert. So it's effectively built on sand. And it's this amazing, powerful, powerful place with the most amazing, spectacular buildings, the highest building in the world, but it's built on sand in the desert. Now, I'm sure the architects have got it right and they've done down, dug down right and deep, but it's still built on sand. And that reminded me of a story in the Bible. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 7. And again, you've probably heard of this story. It's about two men, two builders, and they're both deciding to build a home. One man says, I want to I build my home down by the beach where I can see the, the lovely view of the sea. So he decides to build his home on the sand. While the other man said, no, I'm, I'm going to build mine up here. I'm going to build mine on this high ground where there's rock, where there's a firm foundation, and I know I can dig down deep and my, my house will be strong. So both men built the house. Sometime later, the storms came. The storms came, the winds and the, the, the rains howled and it was, it was awful. And the man who built his house on the sand, he found that his house was beginning to break and it was beginning to fall apart and it became a wreck. But the man who built his house on the rock, his house stood tall and it stood strong. You know, boys and girls, mums and dads, this here is a really good message for us as well. What do we want to build our life on? Do we want to build our life on something that actually will constantly be shifting and changing? Or do, you want, do we want to build our life on something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Because we can build our life on Jesus, and that way we can put our hope in him, and we can put our trust in him, and know that he will never change. No matter what storms come our way, no matter what storms of life come our way, Jesus will never change. And the Bible tells us this in lots of different passages. One from the Old Testament, which Michael uh, read for us, was this. He said, do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hand. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded, but you remain the same and your years will never end. And then in the New Testament, we've got another verse that says something very similar. It says, all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. There is no better foundation to build our lives on than God and his word because it is the same yesterday and today and forever. And we can put our hope and our trust in God because of that. So we're just going to finish now. And at the end of our service, after we've done a few more things, we're going to sing a song. And one of the, the courses, it says this, Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer, you are the everlasting God. You do not faint. You won't grow weary. And I think you'd find it difficult to find any other thing in this world that you could say the same thing about. Because everything else will eventually grow weary. We cannot say that anything else is everlasting. But we can say that about our God in heaven. About Jesus. Let's bow our head in a word of prayer.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love that is everlasting. Lord, we thank you that you do not change. Lord, we live in a world where everything around us is constantly changing and constantly shifting. But you remain the same. So, Father, we thank you that we can put our hope and our trust in you. Lord, I pray that when the storms of life come our way, Lord, it would be you that we fix our eyes on, that we would build our, foundation, build our, our lives built on the foundation of you and your word. We thank you for that amazing gift that we have that is your holy word and that amazing gift that we were given on the cross seen in Jesus Christ, your son. Father, we thank you for this morning, a time to remember um, all that you have done in the guides as well and how you've blessed them over the last 75 years. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless them and all that you're doing there. And Father, we pray for the next 75 years, Lord, that you'd be bringing people into positions there in, in, in time, Lord, that will just be continuing just to point these young girls um, to your name. So Lord, bless us this morning. And bless us as we go into a new week. And we pray all of this in your holy name. Amen. I'm just going to pronounce the benediction. But before that, I just want to ask one thing. And that is that, Faye, would you come up? I want to bless you. And I want to use some words from the book of Numbers. We are so grateful for all that you mean to us in this congregation and to the guiding movement. And from number six, the Lord bless you, Faye, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his face towards you and grant you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest, remain, and abide this day and forevermore. Amen.